Dave and Darren with the top five things. Hey, welcome, one and all, to the Top Five Things podcast, a review of some of the stuff that happened on our morning show, which you can hear, by the way, weekdays, 5.30 to 10 on Planet 93.9. And I'm, I'm wondering, you know, we haven't talked about this uh, beforehand. This is a decision we can make. Uh, here and now together. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we got a chance to see Matthew Sweet this week. Yeah. Uh, that was in Iowa City. We also had a chance to talk to him since the last time we've done a podcast. Oh, and then yeah. I'm thinking, we offered up that uh, Matthew Sweet audio on planet939.com. Yeah. I'm thinking of making that like a bonus at the end of this. Oh, okay. So like we'll do the top five things and then there'll be like bonus content at the end with and the Matthew Sweet interview. Yeah. Right. So All if you right. want to listen to to us talk to Matthew Sweet, you can. Does that make sense? Or just, just keep listening. Should we do or, that? Because this will be six things then, technically. Or do you, okay, you want to do that? It'll be like when you listen to an album and there's a secret track at the okay, end. Okay, so as opposed to... secrets out because we're blabbing about it As now. opposed to a standalone podcast. Well, yeah. Because this thing, like we did a standalone podcast on planet939.com. We just right. didn't offer it to people that listen to the top five things. Right. So I'm, I'm at a loss as to what to do here. I'd say either way works. You know, just once, I, when I ask you something and I offer you a choice, just once I'd like you to make the choice. This whatever you want oh, to I didn't do, I didn't when I, is, is, it, this is why I'm asking you to make the decision. I'm coming to you saying, I don't know what to do. Should I do one or the other? And you go, either way. Just I didn't think you were asking me. I thought you were telling me this is what no. I'm going to do. No, because I was saying like we haven't figured it out yet because we haven't talked about it. Well. So should we? Or not, I I would put it on. I would put it up for the top five things, but maybe as a standalone podcast. Okay. Yeah. But then that's not the top five things. That's just us talking to Matthew. Yeah, Sweet. it's the it's the name of the podcast. <laughs> but if there aren't five things, people are going to get very you know, confused. I mean, the, the, the show was called Happy Days. It wasn't all that happy. Okay. We should mention that the Top 5 Things podcast that you're listening to is brought to us by Nature's Treatment of Illinois. Yes, they are the only locally owned dispensary, Tech Drive in Milan and West Main Street in Galesburg, and they are both open seven days a week. Both dispensaries offer recreational cannabis, and Milan offers medicinal, including topicals for localized pain. Now let's get into the top five things with number one. One. Number one. Number one. Number one. And this should be obvious. Okay, number one. Number one. 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 Number one. Build-A-Bear. Yeah? They have one at North Park Mall, which is just across the street from us here. We can see a North That's, Park Mall from our... That uh, is from the our... actual brand of what they have over there? Yeah, they have an actual uh, Build-A-Bear there. It's been there for it's a number a of knock years. Off. No. Is there a thing, a knockoff Build-A-Bear? Could be. What's that called? The generic Build-A-Bear. How does that work? It's it's still Build-A-Bear, but it's B-A-R-E. It's interesting that you mention that because there is an adult line for Build-A-Bear. Oh, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Exactly. I want the Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> The adult line, you have to promise you're over 18 to buy one of these Build-A-Bears. You promise, right? Couldn't they just check your ID? No, you promise. Build-A-Bear Workshop. The gimmick is you go to the Build-A-Bear Workshop. You pick out, like, 
the skin of the bear that you want. The what? The skin? Yeah, you you it's you don't just go there and buy teddy bears. You have to build it. No, I understand. So, you put in your request. Uh huh. And then they get, they get the stuffing, and there's like a little heart they give the kids, and they have a whole they have a whole little spiel that they do. That can't be cheap. I it's not. But is is it worth it to do it once? Absolutely, it is. If your kid's the right age, it's sure, a blast. I get it. But now they have it build a bear. Bears that dress like strippers. <laughs> well, I wasn't far off then. You weren't. Reading here from uh, this morning's Wall Street Journal. Build-A-Bear Workshop, a mall staple known for its bright yellow walls that hosts kids' birthday parties and allows customers to dress small stuffed animals in comically small clothes, is pivoting to a new kind of business, mildly risque adult-oriented bears. Can you imagine walking into some, <laughs> some, into some, some guy's house? <laughs> or apartment? <laughs> and it's just and a bunch a of naughty teddy bears? Naughty teddy bears. Well, I'll tell All you. Right, I'll, be going. I'll tell you this much: you're never going to leave that guy's I'm, apartment. I'm, I'm, be, you might want to, but he's made sure that that's not happening. I'll be going now. Yeah, no, you won't. He, you're, you're part of the collection too. When I saw that he had the Hannah Montana bear, it was time to leave. <laughs> you're not going anywhere. Put some lotion on yourself. <laughs> The bear market, the Wall Street Journal continues, the bear market now includes a devilishly pink teddy bear shown wearing a you-turn-me-on shirt. Other sports saucy t-shirts branded with zaddy, which is a slang term for an attractive older man. Zaddy? Zaddy. That's what they probably call you. Probably people think you're a zaddy, Darren. Probably behind my back. But it's a compliment, I'm told. You can also get a teddy bear in a Hugh Hefner-esque robe. Okay. Again. Uh-huh. Again. Uh-huh. Red flag. Go. Yeah. If you if you order get, one of these. Get out. If you order one of these, they should they should send someone to your house. Just to kind of look around and make sure there isn't somebody in the crawl space. Build-A-Bear's After Dark collection. Someone's tied to the radiator. (laughs) Build-A-Bear's After Dark collection sells in a section of the company's website called The Bear Cave. You have to promise you're older than 18 before you enter. These bears are not available in stores. You can only get them online. So it's a a teddy bear that's what? Discreetly shipped to your house? But... But it's the same company? Yes. If you go to the Build-A-Bear website, there's a thing called Bear Cave, and they're like, promise you're over 18 before you come in here. I don't think I belong in the Bear Cave. This means kids can't, the thinking goes, accidentally stumble upon a racy slogan printed on a tiny article of clothing or a plush margarita glass that attaches to your teddy bear's wrist. (laughs) An Instagram post from Build-A-Bear in late January included a video of a bear wearing the Zaddy t-shirt and sunglasses. As mood-setting music plays, 
The bear is shown lying suggestively on its side, peeking over his shades to look right into your eyes. Great, the sidewinder. <laughs> that old trick. Uh, <laughs> Someone here saying, I wondered if this has been created just to upset people. <laughs> there's, there's all kinds of... It's just strange. The the Dr. Love Bear is a stuffed lion with a heart-shaped mane who's presented on the company's website wearing a red satin robe with a bottle of champagne. The company says this is not supposed to be a representation of Hugh Hefner, although that doesn't stop fans from drawing their own conclusions. (laughs) What was the Valentine's Day bear thing? Remember that? I don't know what you're talking about. What's the company? It's not Build-A-Bear. It was... uh, there was another company that oh the Vermont Teddy Bear Vermont people. Teddy Bear yeah they don't they don't seem to advertise like they used to yeah why is that are they still in business I couldn't tell you Chief Executive Sharon Price John of uh, Build a Bear says we want to be sure we're recognizing the evolution of what people want Build a Bear's intention is always to be an upstanding appropriate guest facing brand. Also says here that these uh, adult Valentine bears are selling quickly. Can you get like a little gimp suit for the bear to wear? No. Gimp bear's sleeping. We'll wake him up. I just stepped in a big pile of sassy. <laughs> yeah, they, these things are selling like hotcakes. Again, don't go to North Park Mall and ask for them. They don't have them there at the store, but you can get them online. and uh, You got to be over 18. Got a promise. Promise. And number two. Number two. <laughs> wow. Number two. Number two. 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 Guinness Book of World Records. This man, Richard Plowd, has spent the last eight years. Plowed? Yeah. P L A U D. Plowed. Dick Plowed. That's, that's what they call him. This guy has spent the last eight years, more than 4,200 hours of his life, building a 24-foot-tall replica of the Eiffel Tower out of matchsticks. He used more than 700,000 matchsticks to assemble what he calls the masterpiece of his life, a 24-foot-tall replica of the Eiffel Tower He hoped this would gain him admittance into the Guinness Book of World Records. He completed it. Finally, he spent 4,200 hours over the past eight years. Now, is this indoors? I should hope so. Yeah, otherwise, how how does this work? Every time it rains, he just stands out there with an umbrella, waits for the showers to pass. So this 47-year-old Frenchman, Richard Plaud, uh, he completes this 24-foot replica of the Eiffel Tower, again made out of matchsticks. He then turns it into the Guinness Book of World Records, and they take a look at it, and they say, 
Nope. No. You get nothing. Good day, sir. I said good day. What are you telling me? He says that the global nothing? authority on all things record-breaking didn't even look at his application before they told him no. Well, this sounds nope. as legitimate as, as some of this stupid stuff. He started building his Eiffel Tower in 2015, and he finished it on December 27th, which was the 100th anniversary of the death of the Eiffel Tower's designer, Gustav Eiffel. And we're not interested. <laughs> what do you mean you're not interested? At first glance, his replica does indeed beat the previous record held by a Lebanese model builder who created a 21-foot Eiffel Tower replica back in 2009. Plot says Guinness isn't accepting his efforts because of two rules that he flouted, they say. One, the matches used. The matches used be commercially purchased and not have flammable red tips. And two, the matches not be cut or otherwise altered to the point where they are no longer recognized as matches. He started out buying the matches himself, and then he cut the red tips off, but then he decided that was taking too much time. So he arranged to have the matchstick manufacturer send him matchsticks directly without putting the red flamey These thing on it. These are matches. Guinness does not agree that those are matches. Yeah, they're, they're with you. He says it's disappointing, frustrating, and comprehensible, and not very fair play. Boy, you should have reached out to him about eight years ago. Hey, would it be okay if I... Uh... No. No, you got to buy your matches at the store. What? It's a, it's a, it's a weird hang-up on their part, though. What are they, got own stock in matches? So now this guy says he's not sure what he's going to do with the uh, tower. Burn it down. With well, a match. That, well, well, that's all it would take, right? His wife may share in his disappointment, but she's also glad that this project is complete. Oh, I bet, I bet she's giving him the business like nobody's business. She's telling the French media what she's really looking forward to is getting her living room back. <laughs> would you get this idiot tower of Eiffel Tower out of our living room, please? That's a tall ceiling. Yeah, it is. Yeah, the, the, these matches don't even look like matches. We can't accept this. What do you mean you can't accept it? I mean, those are our rules on matchstick building. You really should look at those before you You're undertake a project that takes you seven years. Eight years. Eight years. Eight years. You should have reached out to him eight years ago. Okay, before I start building this thing. Yeah. Anything I should know about the rules? They got to be matches, real matches, no. un untouched. No, I do. And you got to purchase them from the store. I do what I want. Then, then you're not getting a record. <laughs> uh, once you see it, you'll you'll you'll. Accept once it. you see it, you'll fall in love with it. <laughs> <laughs> once, once you see what I make, you'll you'll, you'll realize your rules are wrong. I don't think we will. Uh, they didn't. No, they didn't. <laughs> they sure didn't. Three. All right, number three. Number three. Number three. 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 North Carolina. There is a museum, uh, an aquarium, if you'll have it. Uh-huh. And at that aquarium, 
there's a pregnant stingray. And the reason this is news is, well, first, they noticed that the stingray had some swelling going on. And they thought, oh, like no. You do. Right. <laughs> well, this time of year. Uh, but it was, it was an unusual swelling, and it had uh, them really concerned mm-hmm. where they had to uh, examine the stingray because uh, they thought when, when a stingray swells up like that, it could be cancer. Oh. The good news is the stingray does not have cancer. The explanation for the swelling is that the stingray is pregnant. Right. And that doesn't happen in captivity? Well, it especially doesn't happen when the lights on. When the only other occupants of the tank are sharks. There's no more stingrays in the tank. So it's one stingray and and a pair of sharks. So. They're saying this stingray is either going to give birth to clones or baby sharks. Like Imp- a surrogate? <laughs> I don't know how this works. Workers at this aquarium in North Carolina were shocked when Charlotte the stingray was pregnant. One of these sharks got some splaining to do to the other shark. Testing shows that Charlotte was not only cancer-free, but pregnant with four pups. Brenda Raymer is founder and executive director of this uh, aquarium. There are only two theories about how Charlotte the Stingray got knocked up. The first possibility is a process they call paranthogenesis. That's when eggs develop without fertilization and grow into clones of their mother. Okay, that's one option. They have observed this process in sharks before. But stingrays? Super, super unusual. As she says, it's a once in the bluest of blue moons experience. Everything kind of backed up on me. The other possibility involves a pair of white spot bamboo sharks. One shark's name is Mo, and the other bamboo shark's name is Larry. Raji. Larry the bamboo shark's got some explaining to do. They say we started to notice bite marks on Charlotte. (laughs) They saw other fish nipping at her, so they moved the fish out of the aquarium, but the biting continued. The bite marks, they say, might be a sign of mating behavior for sharks. Nibbles on her neck? Leading to suspicions that either mow the... White Spot Bamboo Shark or Larry the Bamboo Shark may have had an amorous encounter with the Stingray. After hours, don't you know? They say we're either going to have partho babies, those are are babies where, you know, it just kind of happens all on its own, or they say we could have some kind of potential mixed breed. Cue the share. It's a Stingray slash shark? Is that a thing? That'll be... They say DNA tests will be conducted once these pups are born to determine if they are, in fact, the product of uh, parathogenesis or something even more bizarre. Ian Ziering already has the rights to the movie. (laughs) So stingrays and sharks can have babies together? Did you know that? We're going to find out. 
Well, it sure looks like they've been uh, having their with their way with Charlotte here in the tank. These bite marks, these are love bites is what this is. What we have here is shark fish. <laughs> I, uh, shark and, and stingray babies. Now, that, I, now that's a mascot. They say it would be a miraculous birth if this stingray was, in fact, impregnated by a shark. I, I, how, how do you even wrap your head around that? They say they've been doing ultrasound on Charlotte since September. They documented multiple growths internally and initially thought she had cancer. In my day, we called that getting some strange. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm all for it. I think, I think it's marvelous. But this is, a they say, a crazy stingray pregnancy. They think that she may have been impregnated by one of the male sharks that they put in her tank. I just, I don't know. How does that even work? Very carefully. <laughs> so, yeah. Is this like a, like a zebra of the sea? What, what is this? Does this happen in the wild? Or is, is this uh, something that only happens in a tank? I Why? Yes. Zebra of the sea. This has got Jessica Simpson very confused. <laughs> she needs to get in line. We're all puzzled we're all, by we're this. We're all baffled. Uh-huh. Asexual reproduction. That's where you uh, have a baby without a partner. Pretty common in stingrays. So that's probably what's going on here, right? Yeah. But again, these are people who are experts in this kind of thing. They say it's also very possible that one of the sharks, uh, you know. I I I want to I want to see these half shark, half stingray babies. They don't say when she's due. I mean, they they noticed that she was swelling, and they found the pups in uh, September. How long does a stingray, uh, what's the gestation period on a stingray? I wouldn't think it'd be that long. Right? Oh, well. We're not dealing with an elephant here. Sharks and rays are closely related, and crossbreeding can be possible. All right. They say Charlotte is expected to give birth any day now. We'll absolutely keep you posted. Four. 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 Monday mornings, we like to take a look at this review of some advice columns. The bulk of these are, are coordinated by the people at the website Dig. Dig. And we thank them for their hard work. We also uh, have a couple of our own to throw in here. These are folks who are writing to advice columnists with problems that they're facing in their day-to-day -day world. Sometimes these are workplace-related questions. You might ask the manager. That's a very popular column. Family issues. Sometimes they're affairs of the heart. These are advice columns. We begin with Dear Abby. Dear Abby, the ladies in my water aerobics class disrespect the teacher, and I'm done with it. After attending a water aerobics class for three months, I have had it with the talkers in the pool. I'm not the only one annoyed that a handful of ladies disrespect the instructors and the rest of the class. Uh -huh. they, have an, they have been asked to quiet down by instructors and the other participants. There's even a sign on the door 
asking for limited talking. They're like Macintosh. These elderly ladies are oblivious to how loud and disturbing they are. Some have hearing loss, and the acoustics in an indoor pool are terrible, so their voices just get louder and louder. I kid you not, two of these old women, they talk the entire hour, which makes it very difficult for the rest of us to hear the instructor or the music very well. Uh-huh. They are kidding themselves if they think they're working out. They just bob up and down and talk. Once in a while, they'll ask, what are we doing now? Because they're not paying attention. When these ladies start talking to each other, those nearby get distracted and can't work out either. Am I wrong to think that when a class starts, the talking should stop so everyone can participate in the water aerobics class? You know what I'd do? Sign Splashing Mad in North Idaho. I'd drown him. <laughs> now you got something to talk about. What do you think of that? Dear Abby says, you are not wrong, but it's the instructor who needs to tell these ladies they're being disruptive to the class and confine their chatter to the changing room. Or if they can't comply, they need to get out of the pool. You dunk them. Mm-hmm. You dunk them. <laughs> Here's someone writing the Let them ass- at least believe that you're going to drown. Yes. Put the fear of Neptune into them. Right. How can I stop my boss from scheduling meetings outside my working hours while he's on vacation in a different time zone? I work on a small team. We have daily meetings every, every day, 10 a.m. These meetings usually last a half an hour to an hour. Uh-huh. I personally don't think daily meetings are even necessary, but it's my boss's way of keeping up with our work, as he rarely meets with any of us individually, and he likes for us to know what everyone else is working on. My boss's work is his life, so he'll frequently work in the evenings and on weekends. Recently, he said about Thanksgiving, quote, It's another day for me to get some work done. As you can imagine, he's built up a lot of unused vacation leave. And despite our organization's generous carryover policy, he was going to start losing hours. His solution has been a two-month trip to Asia. He's calling you from Asia? The problem is, even though he's going to be using leave, he's planning on working the entire time and attending our meetings. We already work remotely. With the time difference, our regular meeting time would be in the middle of the night for him. So he proposed the times that have the best overlap between time zone, early morning here or evening. I, so I will need to be doing these calls at 7 o'clock in the morning or between 5 and 9 p.m. I typically work from 8.30 to 5, and I have a fairly rigid schedule outside of that with daycare, drop-offs, a toddler to take care of, and regular evening activities. I responded to this by saying I can make the occasional meeting outside of regular working hours, but with my schedule and child care responsibilities, I can't regularly do so. His suggestion was that he attends two meetings a week, one early morning, one evening, and we meet at the regular time the other days and write up a summary to send him. While I probably could make this work most of the time, it's a real burden. It would be one thing if my boss was on business travel, or if this was a week or two, it's Two months of vacation leave. I feel like I shouldn't have to accommodate his travel on principle. How much should I push back on this? I can't force him not to work on his leave, but his choice to keep participating in our meetings is putting me in an awkward position. I could probably opt out when it's especially inconvenient, but I feel bad about it. 
when I do make it to the meetings, I'll feel angry that I have to be there, guilty about all the extra burden it puts on my husband. Is there any way he can't do this to me while he's on leave? I'll tell you what you do. You drown the guy. <laughs> That's your answer for anything anymore. Or at least make him believe you're going to drown him. <laughs> Can I tell you a story I heard this weekend, and I can't get it out of my head? Huh. A buddy of mine was telling me that uh, when he was a kid, yeah. he had two hamsters. Okay. The one hamster- was mushroom, the other one, chiclet. No, Balky and Cousin Larry, because he was a boy and perfect strangers was his entire world. And all he wanted for Christmas was for the two Another hamsters. hamster. He wanted the hamsters to have those, uh, what they call habit trails, you know? Yeah. Where it's like the, the yeah. tubes, and they yeah. can go all over yeah. the place. Yeah. That's all he wanted. He can walk around. Uh-huh. That's all he wanted for Christmas. And indeed, his parents had secured quite a little setup for Cousin Larry and Balky. I can see where this is going. The hamsters. They had everything ready to go for Christmas Day. But on Christmas Eve, oh, no. Cousin Larry or Belky, there's no way to know which one is which. Got loose. No, they were they were together in the in the cage. And I'm told this is an incredibly... Oh, they, they, they ate one of them. Yeah. Attacked, killed, and basically ate the skull of the other one. So... It's so a the, Christmas miracle. That was Christmas Eve. And all this kid wanted for Christmas again was habit trail stuff. So if they could have just got to it sooner, uh, <laughs> they could have had activities. <laughs> and they wouldn't have. Is that what his thinking was? If we could have just got them in there. So now the the one hamster is dead and decapitated, and the other hamster is obviously the one who did it. He's gonna, yeah, he's and, the uh, likely suspect. Yeah, it's not. It's not really. You don't really need a, a, to hire a private investigator to figure out what happened. Either Cousin Larry or Balky killed uh, Cousin Larry or Balky. He and, didn't know? And took their head off. What? He didn't know which one's which? No, he couldn't tell. They looked identical, these hamsters. And again, he, I guess this is incredibly common. When you get more than one hamster, one of them will kill the other one. So they have to decide, okay, what are we going to do? Because we've got this murderous hamster, and this murder hamster is in his cage just going out of his mind. Bring me another one. He's got a taste. Bring me another one. <laughs> He's got a taste for blood. And he is going to. It's very clear. You can't sacrifice another hamster. Right? Exactly. What do you put in there? Like a scorpion or something then? Well, He's got the, that the, they decide. Like, He's got company, but. We can't have this murdering hamster in our house. So what are you going to do? So the dad's like, We're gonna drive I'll him. take care of this. I got a hammer. Oh no! I'm gonna whack uh, uh, the I'm gonna oh, no. whack the hamster on the head. Oh no! And then we're done with all this hamster I hate nonsense. Story. Well, the mom is like, no, you're not. We're doing not that. doing that. Yeah, you're not going to in front of our son who loves these hamsters. Dad is always to the point to hit something where, with a hammer. Right, exactly. She's like, Take you're not. Easy, you are not going to. Yeah. Murder this hamster yeah. with a hammer. No. In front of our son, who all he wanted for Christmas was additional hamster stuff. Yeah. And uh, the dad says, all right, well, then you figure out what to do. And she's like, well, we got to do something. So she gets this awful murdering hamster. This thing is just going crazy and biting and screaming. And it's just it's just clearly some switch has been turned on in this thing. And it's not good. So it's Christmas, the night of Christmas Eve. It's still Christmas Eve. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're trying to figure out. 
What do they do with this hamster? Mom decides, all right, give me the give me the hamster. She puts it in a Ziploc bag. She then goes into the garage and ties the Ziploc bag to the exhaust of her station wagon. <laughs> they decided that was more humane than killing it with I a hammer. I don't know that it is. Well, they took him to the gas chamber. Yes, that's what they did. Why was he telling you the story? I don't remember. Oh, I, I now I do remember because we were talking about uh, uh, our idea for um, the reboot of Who's the Boss? Mm. When's the Boss? Yeah, where right. Tony Maselli thinks yeah. he's time traveling right. every time he gets in the. Uh, so that's uh, every time he gets in the strangers. Yeah, we were just talking about old, uh, you know. Was he old crying sitcoms. while he was telling this story? No, no. Enough time has passed. But that was that's that's one of his favorite Christmas it's memories. It's like Romeo and Juliet. It's something else. It's something else. By the way, I uh, I did the pitch for uh, When's the Boss to uh, someone I know who is a Hollywood screenwriter. Yeah. And they said, I don't I don't see that as a series. So. Well, that's it's it's more. Uh, that's like your opinion, it's man. More, it's more of a TV thing, not a film. Well, exactly. But she was saying, "How is that a weekly show?" I'm like, oh, "Well, every week, they, every they, week it's a he different gets adventure. in the exactly every week he gets or in he the thinks it's a different adventure, right? It's actually just another concussion, exactly, <laughs> exactly." You might imagine the ask the manager said that your boss is being ridiculous, and of course you don't have to put up with this guy uh, calling you from Asia on vacation. Yeah, just saying. don't answer the call. Yeah, how hard is that? Back to the advice columns here. How can I get my daughter to break up with her working class boyfriend? My daughter is a highly educated and beautiful girl. This is like Romeo and Juliet. She has a great job and recently became... A rich widow. My problem is she has a man living with her and my grandson. He is physically, mentally, and socially very inferior to her. She is a doctor, and he does not have a college degree. In fact, he assembles bikes at Walmart. My husband, two sons, and their wives are all doctors as well. His sister is a single mother and a waitress. No high school degree. And his mother, well, she's a dental hygienist. This is not a good fit for our family. Uh-huh. And I'm afraid this guy is a moocher. Any advice would be very much appreciated. And yes, we do look askance at low-educated types. Well, you know what you have to do here. Is this involved drowning? Drown the guy. Or at least make him think you're going to drown him. Well, at least you're not putting him in a big Ziploc bag. Yeah, at least he gets that. Mm-hmm. Should I confront my daughter-in-law who just had a baby with my list of grievances against her? What? This is... This what? Is, I'll repeat it because it deserves a repetition here. Ready? Should I confront my daughter-in-law yes. who just had a baby... Yes, your grandchild. With, ...with my list of grievances against her? I am at my wit's end with my daughter-in-law and her mother... My son and my daughter-in-law have a new baby girl that I do not get to see very often, despite living close to them. Her mother, on the other hand, lives about two hours away, but seems to see them several times a week. 
How do I know this? My son and daughter-in-law have an app to upload photos of the baby. They don't allow photos of the baby on Facebook and say it's too hard to text me updates, which is another can of worms. When I asked my son why she gets to see the baby more than I do, he said she comes over to do chores. Well, I don't see any photos of her doing chores. <laughs> There's no photographic proof. <laughs> I see selfies of her cuddling my grandbaby. And her grandbaby. When they have designed, or when they have deigned to invite me over, I've offered to do chores too. One time my daughter-in-law told me that I was washing the bottles incorrectly. The next time I arrived, she had a note printed of steps to take to wash the bottles taped up to the fridge like I'm some kind of idiot. <laughs> the other time, they asked me to scoop the kitty litter box, even though they know I'm allergic to cats. <laughs> other times I've been over, she has pumped her breast milk right in front of me <laughs> and once asked if she could take a nap while my son was napping also. Sure. Just go off to your marital bed while Grandma is here. <laughs> what? This week I confronted my son about the lack of invitations. Uh -huh. She then invited me to go to a baby music class at the community center with her and the baby instead of being invited to the home, which is what I want. <laughs> I am deeply offended. I'm thinking that I should confront her directly this time instead of my son. But my sister says that I should keep communicating through my son, not with her. What do you think? I think you need to start acting like a human being. Yeah. Maybe that's why her mom gets to see the baby. Yeah. Oh, man, you're, it, you're a nightmare. In this case, the advice columnist urges the letter writer to maybe be a little bit more supportive and easier to be around. Yeah, how about that? The rule when it comes to parents of a new baby is that you don't do anything to make their lives hard emotionally or physically, and you've run afoul of this yeah. badly. Hmm. Mm -hmm. There's no photos of her doing work. <laughs> Where are the pictures of her doing chores? <laughs> Am I wrong to feel offended that no one has told me how much money my brother-in-law made when he sold his business? I'm the youngest of three siblings. I'm in my 60s. Uh -huh. To avoid conflicts with my older sister, Anne, I'll just say good idea, but I'll do things my way anyway. We live on side, opposite sides of the country, and me and my sister, Anne, we don't get along. Uh -huh. My husband and I have a good, happy marriage. Anne's marriage, not always as happy, so she may be jealous of me. <laughs> Her husband, Bill, and my husband have become very good friends. Last year, Bill sold a business. I believe he received a substantial amount in the sale. Uh -huh. When I asked how much he received, my sister said she didn't know, but I'm sure that she does know. Bill confided the amount to my husband, uh -huh. but also asked him not to tell me. I don't really care how much he received. Sounds like you do. As their finances are their business. What bothers me is they now have my husband in that loop, and they're keeping it a secret from me. When I asked uh, my husband about it, he said he was respecting Bill's wishes. Uh -huh. And I feel this has driven a wedge between the four of us. This is not the first secret Anne and Bill have kept from me. I do not discuss their lives with anybody else, so I don't get it. Am I wrong to feel this way? 
My relationship with Ann and Bill is no longer the same. We do talk, but not as often as before. And when we do talk, she's always distracted and never seems to listen to what I have to say. (laughs) Is it right that my husband has more respect for Bill than for me, his wife? My husband loves me and takes great care of our family. He's a good man. But this whole issue, it irks me. How do I move forward? (laughs) I tell you what, people have problems. People have trouble. I don't care about Ann and what she does, but I'm writing you because it's driving me crazy. And I don't care about her money, but everyone knows the amount and I don't, and I'm furious. (laughs) Driving you to madness. Mm Mm-hmm. Amy Dickinson says, look, Bill probably uh, told your husband to keep the details of the sale private from everyone, not just you. Quote, I don't think it's obvious that your husband has more respect for Bill than for you. It is obvious that you don't believe in this family's right to hold this information close. Yeah. You know what the amount is? It's none-ya. None-ya business. None-ya business. Well, once again... Some oddballs with some weird questions. And by and large, I think we can agree. I'll tell you this. Yeah. I think you're getting better and better at presenting these. (laughs) You're really getting to the character. I really feel like it's uh, it's important that I... You're really transforming into this. Well, I I feel like I have to. Otherwise, it's just cold reading. Yeah, otherwise. If I don't put myself in the shoes of these women at their their water Olympics... Yeah, well, you're doing a nice job. Thank you. That was some pretty good advice. And that was good advice. Good advice. Good advice costs nothing and it's worth the price. I sincerely doubt that the world could do without my good advice. Number five. 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 Number five. We haven't had a Florida man story all morning long and... uh, This is a little bit of a different take on the traditional Florida man story. This does not involve methamphetamine or anybody getting naked. Okay. But it's a Florida man story. Have no doubt about that. Uh Uh-huh. This happened in Clearwater, Florida. 64-year-old Joseph Schifano is in some trouble. Florida man arrested after crossing the yellow tape at the scene of a fatal plane crash. I'm going to get a better look. (laughs) Is this caution tape for everyone? He thought the caution tape was just a suggestion. Yeah. It's like, I am being cautious. In a complaint, police say that an officer found this guy, Joseph Scafano. What are you doing in there? At an intersection. At the time, first responders were dealing with plane wreckage, which had sparked fires nearby after crashing into a mobile home park. Plane crashing into a trailer park. That's the most Florida thing ever. According to investigators, the pilot and two other people were killed. However, this uh, Joe Schifano tried to get past the yellow tape marked police line, do not cross, insisting that he was a medical worker. Despite that, Schifano was unable to provide proof of his employment, and after he crossed the line through the tape, he advised that he was, his words, just being nosy. <laughs> oh, I, I can't. am just a nosy, I'm a nosy Nancy, always I'm, have been. I'm just nosy is all. 
What do you got? What's going on? Shivana was warned to stay away from the scene, but shortly afterwards, an officer I'm, spotted him walk, walking around to conceal himself, and once again, he quickly walked underneath the crime scene tape. Do the limbo. Like a moth to a flame. And by moth, I mean man, and by flame, I mean plane crash at a trailer park in Clearwater. I can't stop myself. I got to see what's going on in there. Quickly walked underneath the crime scene. What is it? They don't want me to know. Moving around an entire house length into the crime scene and taking video on his cell phone. Say cheese. After he was read his Miranda rights, he said what he he knew what he was doing was wrong, and he said he was sorry, saying that he was trying to capture a video for a media company in an attempt to make some money. He was arrested in his now looking at a misdemeanor charge of obstructing or resisting an officer without violence, released on bond of $500. I'm just being nosy is all. It's a living. <laughs> is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I didn't think it'd be like this. That was David Darren's top five things. If you'd like to listen to our Matthew Sweet interview, that's uh, available as its own podcast. Ha-ha, we've made a decision. Well, you did. Okay, good. I needed you to, and you, you, they you call did. Me, I'm the decider. No one calls you that. Thanks to Nature's Treatment of Illinois for making the Top 5 Things podcast possible. I don't know if you know this, but they have the largest menu in all of Illinois, and they offer a wide selection of products for recreational use, including flour, vapes, edibles, and so much more. Make sure you sign up for your medical cannabis card through leafwell.com, and you'll receive coupons and discounts. Until we get a chance to do it for you again, hang loose, you kooks. And you stay classy and safe, Quad Cities. Come on, Quad Cities. Representing, this is for the Quad Cities reference spot. Davenport, yeah, we keeping it locked. Rock out, come on, and it just don't stop. East Moline, yeah, they keeping it hot. Uh. Your time is up. This isn't over until I say it's over! Stand clear of the closing doors, please.